Hey, for those of you who complain that I drag my feet when going through the 10 con Big 7, you're not going to have that problem this week. Brandon Lewis here with the Tennessee Conservative, the volunteer state's largest conservative news alternative and the only one that is 100% focused on the volunteer state. Do go to TennesseeConservativeNews.com and hit the subscribe button. Uh, you'll be glad you did. And make sure that you go to the places where the communists do not control the content such as the free speech platforms of Gab, Getter, Truth, MeWe, Parlor, and Rumble. Old Brandon Lewis is still under restrictions by a fascist book. Uh, luckily, we've got a little bit of traction with Elon Musk over there at Twitter. If Apple does not uh, pull the rug out from underneath his feet, we have got stories from the three grand divisions of Tennessee. We're going to be talking about federal funds messing up children's lives. Uh, we're going to talk about how to end big tech censorship in Tennessee. I'm going to need some help on that. Senator Bowling is making uh, grand strides to help our children in the state. A little bit of keeping people in the dark in Knoxville and uh, district attorneys who um, are not doing the best job in uh, blue areas. And we're going to talk about perhaps, maybe, maybe, maybe getting school choice to a few kids and a handful of things about Tennessee's textbook commission. You're not going to want to miss this. But first, before we go any further, we have got to get into the mailbag because I have been negligent, negligent with the mailbag. And uh, I have some great things that have been sent in to me. This is a great one. Uh, I love it when people mail me this kind of stuff. <laughs> Elect rednecks, not rhinos. That is fantastic. Thank you for sending this to me, Frank in Greenville. We get mail here at the Tennessee Conservative. Uh, if you'd like to send me some mail, you can mail it to 1523 East 27th Street, Chattanooga, Tennessee, 37404. Pause it, rewind it, send it on. Here is one uh, from Doc Carpenter, and she says, uh, Yes, I wish to have your conservative voice in a newsletter format without the paper. Uh, your conference a few months ago was well done. I have uh, ran into the lady from Moms for Liberty out of Franklin since then, and they have a fine program. She attended some things on SEL. Thank you for writing in to me, Doc. I appreciate it. What else do we have here? We have Brandon. Keep up the good work. Happy Thanksgiving, Donna. Thank you. And these are things that came in the old snail mail. I, I get hundreds and thousands of comments via the old email, and I'm thankful for them. Hi, Wish I could help more. I'm just an old retired welder and uh, not living high on the hog. <laughs> Let me tell you, that's what we need. If everybody would just chip in a little bit, we would not have problems with uh, conservatism being ground into the dirt uh, as far as it goes in media. Uh, we would not have to worry about our candidates struggling with fundraising if conservatives would put their money where their mouth is. And uh, I appreciate you, John. Thank you very much. Here's one. Dear Brandon, what a blessing you are for our state. Now, that's high praise. That's high praise. Please keep up the good fight. Uh, there are few of us that do. Thank you so much for your concern and the endless efforts you make. God bless Mary Ann. Well, darling, thank you. I'm sorry. Some of, the, some of you sent this in a week or so ago, a little later. We're having some issues here with the mail, uh, mainly that we're not getting to it as quickly as we need to. But hey, you know, you get what you pay for. I don't take a paycheck here. Last one, and this comes from Alan and Anita and Jasper. Big thanks to you and your family. Please keep fighting for Tennessee. God bless. Well, I appreciate you. Thank you. I, it makes me happy. Sometimes I get a little down on myself because it is a hard fight. Uh, it is a David and Goliath battle every day in the state of Tennessee. And the more I look at it, the more I believe it to be true. All right, guys, let's get right into the news stories. Here we go. First one 
Tennessee incentivized to keep children in state custody in order to keep federal funds. I'm telling you, federal funds, left-leaning corporate uh, funds that flow through the legislature in Tennessee are from the devil, and we need to get them out of there. Tennessee's DCS budget is funded with state and federal tax dollars, with approximately 35 to 40 percent of the funds coming from the federal government. Always a bad idea. The federal money called Title IV-E has strings attached. No, no way. Just like federal education funds from federal and pandemic relief funds. Now, those pandemic relief funds were used very wisely in Tennessee. Very wisely. They, they did remarkable things in learning and, oh, not so much. They basically were just an inflationary uh, catastrophe. But nonetheless, moving on. Title IV-E funding matches state funds for the foster program on about a dollar-to-dollar match. And is, it is a use-it-or-lose-it fund. Okay? Use it or lose it. As a result, Tennessee DCS is incentivized to keep their foster care numbers at an equivalent of the prior year or lose federal funding. To get Title IV e-money, DCS must take a child out of their home, okay, to get this money. This, this is, And it's funny how incentives work. It's very simple. If you get money to do something, you do more of it. I'll say that again. If you get money to do something, you do more of it. If you get less money to do something, you get less of it. So, imagine which direction this train runs in. To get Title IV e-money, DCS must take a child out of its home and put them into state custody. Usually that means foster care. Where the child is in state custody, the biological parents are ordered to pay child support to the state of Tennessee. And if the child is on any Social Security survivor benefits, DCS collects that money as well. The Title IV e-money comes from Social Security funds, and it is a funding scheme that is an entitlement, not an appropriation, which means that it is never part of the congressionally approved annual budget. In addition, this money gets host of other funding streams, Medicare block grants, etc. DCS caseworkers who were surveyed complain that the central office cares more about the numbers than about the children in their care. Does not surprise me. Next story. Rep Powers. Now, this is a good one. We should have led with this one, Jason. Jason, we should have led with this one. And if you look in the comments section, I I failed to mention the comments section. Please do leave what you think uh, about these stories in the comments, where you're watching from. Uh, Jason is presently posting in the comments section links to these stories. You can get more of them at TennesseeConservativeNews.com. And I'm very thankful uh, to both Dennis Powers and Bo Watson, uh, who are going to be leading the charge on this. Here we go. Representative Powers and Bo Watson to reintroduce bill to combat big tech censorship of Tennessee citizens. Now, I'm going to need your help. You're going to get emails from me, probably some text messages saying, call some legislators. You may even get, you may even have to show up with me at the state capitol over this. Okay, this is going to be a big push. This thing got killed uh, behind the budget last year. I'm not going to, I'm ruining the story. Let's move on. Representative Dennis Powers plans to reintroduce his social media common carrier bill for the 113th Tennessee General Assembly with hopes that it will pass this time around. Powers believes social media is the town square of our time and that social media companies are common carriers just like the phone company, Amen, or a hotel chain, and they should not discriminate based upon political ideology. And we all know that that discrimination only goes in one direction. Representative Powers told the Tennessee conservative, quote, Conservatives have long been censored by big tech, and now more evidence has become apparent when companies have been admitted to working in conjunction with the government organizations to censor information that may hurt political candidates in elections. This is a problem that uh, that Congress needs to solve because of its interstate commerce implications, but they 
have been talking about revising the section of 230. Nothing has been done, so states have to address the issue. Our solution uh, will not prevent the issue, but will give the victims a cause for action and will hopefully make big tech think twice before censoring conservatives and also show Congress that it needs to step up and fight for our First Amendment rights. Boy, the First Amendment is just a doormat that big tech and the left have, have walked over, and Republicans have let them. The Republicans have led them in Congress, in Tennessee, etc. It's almost like some little old ladies getting beat up in an alley, and the Republicans are just like, I don't want to get my, I can't get my suit dirty. Can't protect free speech rights. Back to the story. During the last session of the General Assembly, the bill worked its way through most of the committee process, but was killed when it was placed behind the budget in the House Finance Committee. $100,000 couldn't protect free speech in Tennessee, but we did have $500 million in bonds for the Tennessee Titan Stadium. Half a billion for people playing a goofy sport that, that people don't like. And when you survey, when you survey people, they don't like corporate welfare. 60% of Tennesseans don't like it. But Republicans get behind it like it's the new normal. And it's about 80% of Republican primary voters don't like corporate welfare. This thing couldn't make it because of budgetary constraints. But, buddy, we got all kinds of money to give to millionaires and billionaires. Powers bill was killed behind the budget. Too expensive of less importance. So I hope that he and Bo can get this thing across the finish line this time. I'm going to be pushing hard for it. I hope that you will help me. So just do stay tuned. You may have to go go with me up to Nashville. Uh, I will I will bring uh, a bag of peppermints for everybody. We don't have any money here at the Tennessee Conservative. Uh, but I'll, I will try to make it uh, at least entertaining for you if they don't uh, run us out of there on a rail. Next story. Senator Bowling reintroduces Youth Health Protection Act to end child mutilation in Tennessee. Senator Janice Bowling has reintroduced legislation for the 113th General Assembly that aims to put an end to child mutilization in Tennessee. The legislation was killed by rhinos. Some of the same rhinos that took a lot of credit stood up and harumphed and harumphed when Matt Walsh put egg on the face of Tennessee Republicans for allowing this to happen in our state, especially given the fact that it could have been prevented. The legislation was killed by Tennessee rhinos in the 112th General Assembly prior to Matt Walsh's investigation of Vanderbilt University and their transgender clinic. What a thing to even exist. we got this department. How about this department that cuts on kids that can't find their ass with both hands and are too young to make these decisions and they're wacko parents? First filed for introduction in February of 2022, the legislation suffered multiple deferrals in the Senate and House committee and subcommittees and eventually taken off notice by House sponsor Representative John Reagan when he was informed the bill was dead in the Senate. That's Randy McNally's doings. Now, Senator Bowling has reintroduced legislation for the 113th General Assembly as Senate Bill 0005. The reintroduced bill appears to be identical to the version that was taken in the 112th General Assembly. Here's somebody, it is so crazy, that actually cared about the kids enough to get out in front of this. Will they run her bill? I hope so. They should. They should, in deference to her and the people that are actually fighting for this before it was cool, before we got media attention for it. Will that happen? I don't know. Probably be more likely that the people who uh, previously opposed it and railroaded it will stand up and pat themselves on the back when they pass something else that probably won't be as good. That seems to be the case generally. Hey, now listen. My buddy, Steve Abramowitz, is doing a better job, frankly, of interviewing people than I am. Because he's, he's out there. He's, he's, he's hungry. He's hungry. He's getting after it. And he's got interviews with Steve Johan, author of Breaking the Deception Code and Constitutional Rights Attorney Larry Crane. He's getting the big names. He's getting the big names. 
uh, out there. And he's also covering things that really matter in Tennessee, and he actually cares about Tennessee. And he is bringing many things uh, from a volunteer state uh, standpoint. He is uh, beginning to build a deep file, a deep file on what's really going on in Tennessee. And I need some help, and I'm glad to have him uh, on the side of patriotism and conservatism in Tennessee. And he is from out of the state So many of the people that come out of the state, like Steve with his Mill Creek View Tennessee podcast, honestly care about freedom more than the folks that are homegrown here because they have watched what has happened. And sometimes you can't appreciate what you have until it's gone, and Steve has watched it go away. Next story, do go to the Mill Creek View Tennessee podcast. Search for it wherever you get your podcast. Hit the subscribe button. Give them a review. Here we go. Knoxville mayor and team intentionally kept taxpayers in the dark about new police chief. A $43,000 bill signed off by the Knoxville uh, City Council to locate the city's next police chief purchased a full-service package from the Police Execution Research Forum. With paying an outside firm to locate and hire the city's next police chief, Knoxville's Democratic Mayor India Kikakon, Kikakon, that's how you pronounce it, that's the uh, English translation, and her team believed they could bypass Tennessee's open record laws and keep taxpayers in the dark. You know, we have a Tennessee uh, open records law. I use it from time to time. I don't know how forthcoming people are in actually uh, doing what they're supposed to with that. I mean, what's to keep somebody in government from lying about something? Not much, apparently. Reportedly, the city did not want taxpayers to find out the police chief's candidates' names and use the contract with the firm as a shield to deny multiple open records requests from local news outlets for details about the search and potential candidates. What in the hell would you want to hide things from the folks you represent unless your heart's not in the right place? These stuff should be all open. I mean, when when there are conversations being had about government, it should be out in the open. It should be out in the open when you work for taxpayers, in my opinion. Mayor Kaka and a committee was sworn to secrecy, created a scheme to avoid creating written documents that could be assessed by the press and citizenry through open records requests. They asked if PERF to only show hiring documents such as resumes and video conferences so employees of the city could plausibly state that there was no documents available to review. That sounds like leadership. I'm sure nothing else of, of, of a... Uh, obscuring nature will happen under this individual's administration. Usually when they start hiding things, they keep hiding things. The city's defense lawyer, during a court hearing, maintained that the city has no records of police chief candidates or finalists. However, the agreement with PERF explicitly states that the mayor can request records for up to three years. There you have it. Next story, moving along. National District Attorney Funk Funk rejects state funding for DUI prosecutions. According to a former DUI prosecutor, DUI recidivism and fatalities have never been higher in the Nashville area, yet Nashville District Attorney Glenn Funk has turned down $354,000 in state funds to prosecute DUI offenders. Rest assured, the only time a Democrat turns down money as if something right is going to happen. These people usually would anything, any kind of money for anything that could be thrown at anything, wasteful or otherwise, in government, but not old funky pants. A spokesperson from the Tennessee Highway Safety Office said that Funk is the only district attorney in the entire state that has turned down DUI prosecution money. Ironically, during Funk's re-election campaign, he boasted that he had helped keep the city safe. James Smallwood, president of the Fraternal Order of Police, said it's absolutely mind-boggling. 
I've never seen an elected official turn down money for anything, much less what's at the core of their mission, and it's holding people accountable for their crimes they commit. Funk's apparent lack of interest in prosecuting DUIs comes from a time when deadly crashes involving alcohol in Davidson County are up 82% in the last five years, and drug-related crashes are up 45%. All you got to do is go down to like Main Street in Nashville, where all the bars are, and just wonder if people are driving home drunk. Smallwood said, in an environment... We are seeing year after year of fatal crashes increasing. Why would anybody think it's reasonable to remove resources? Beyond me, Smallwood said. A lot of police officers have asked the question, if the defense attorney is he the prosecutor, who can tell the difference? It's a good question. Funk has a history of picking and choosing where he uh, chooses to prosecute offenses. In June of this year, when the Tennessee Attorney General Herbert Slatery was taking the necessary steps to codify Tennessee's new abortion uh, law, Funk, Daryl said that he would not prosecute any doctor for providing abortion services regardless of the law. If you are a uh, elected to follow the law, but you won't, that seems to be an issue. I mean, I thought we were all equal under the law. Apparently not. Not in Nash Vegas, where Sodom and Gomorrah meets Hee Haw. All right, guys, support our work. Tennessee Conservative News i tell you what, I'm just going to tell you up like it is. Conservatives are cheap. You got big mouths and small pockets. It ain't that the money's not going places. Cigarettes, cable TV, bonbons, stuff you probably don't need, written things you don't need. They ain't never going to make a lasting difference, yet here we are. Doing, doing the yeoman's work at the Tennessee Conservative, and we have so few people that actually give. I'm just going to tell you how it is. And people wonder, like, why was the red wave a trickle? Because people set their butts at home. Because people see folks that are running for office and they don't donate. You want to watch your company and your country, rather, go down the crapper along with your state. Just hang on to those dollars. You know, I don't know. You can't take it with you. You might as well send it to me. That's what I'm saying. TennesseeConservativeNews.com slash support. I've never taken a dime out of this thing. And, in fact, I'm still in arrears. A couple hundred grand. So I have put my money in. I'm asking you to do a small uh, part, just like my buddy the welder. said, I can't do a lot, but here's what I can do. Well, that's all I'm expecting. Go to TennesseeConservativeNews.com slash support. I'm just going to tell you like it is. Or you can mail your checks along with your notes. Make them humorous. Put something funny inside it. Hopefully not arsenic. Okay, don't send any white powder don't send any white powder uh, to my office unless I can resell it right here on the boulevard because I hear that you can get you can get some good money. Don't send any of that fentanyl lace stuff either. I don't need that. I don't need any of that, right? Don't need any of that. Do uh, <laughs> mail to Tennessee Conservative, uh, 1523 East 27th Street, Chattanooga, Tennessee, 37404. And when you do, we will send you this proud Tennessee... Well, no, that's wrong. The Don't California My Tennessee bumper sticker. We will send you a proud... Tennessee conservative bumper sticker. We will send you a directory of your legislative critters here, both in the state and the House, so that you can contact them in the upcoming session. The place where conservative legislation goes to die while corporate left-leaning money flows, flows like the Tennessee River. And if you give $10 or more in a recurring donation, or if you give $50 or more in a one-time donation, we will send you this proud Tennessee conservative tumbler. And inside it, are all the secrets of the universe and all things conservative and this proud Tennessee conservative uh, koozie, and it will keep drinks either hot or cold. It is, has insulative uh, properties, uh, will be found inside this or around this in the box in which it is sent 
please do go there and help us in the mission. If you have yet to give, shame on you. May you have many sleepless nights and boils. Boils, I tell you. Next story, moving right along. A three-judge panel ruled last week that Tennessee's school voucher program is good to proceed without any further court intervention. Although the program passed the state legislature back in 2019, it has been entangled in court battles ever since. God forbid we give educational choice to any of the million of kids, almost, in Tennessee schools. The program will allow families in Shelby County and Nashville area schools to use publicly funded vouchers to help cover the cost of private school tuition and fees. They ought to do it statewide. It's morally reprehensible. We're not further along with this than we are. The school districts argued that they would be harmed. Who gives a flying you-know-what about the damn school districts? Government employees and brick and concrete do not trump the educational outcomes of children who will be mired in poverty if they do not have the skills they need. But the panel ruled that the argument was unfounded because the program is set up to be funded by the state for the first three years, the pilot program, and not local school districts. According to the state, the program will give students in low-performing schools, which is damn near all of them, an opportunity to attend private schools in hopes of gaining a better education. Now, that's just in these counties. However, school districts continue to claim that the program will be counterproductive because taking funding away from already underperforming schools will only leave them in worse shape than they're currently in. Well, what if they're never going to improve no matter how much money you put in them, just like the schools in California and the inner city in New York and everywhere else? They have huge per capita dollars that are spent, and yet the results suck. Yet they suck. We are unpersuaded, the majority wrote last week. As county plaintiffs themselves state, their money is the heart and soul of the ESA Act, and thus this dispute, any disparate treatment between the county plaintiffs and other counties of the state must come down to disparate treatment and funding, but the loss of money has already been remedied by the ESA Act itself. Closed-circuit transmission to any Republicans in the state of Tennessee that give a flying rip about these kids stand up against the teachers' unions. Stand up against the government employees. Stand up against the lobbyists who are in and out of your office all day long. Like worm tongue, whispering into the ear of the blind king. Forgo a few dollars, raise it in your own district, and do the right thing by these kids, please. Textbook commission members oppose conservatives' push to define what is age-appropriate. Recently, conservative Lori Cordoza Moore pushed for the Tennessee Textbook and Instructional Materials Quality Commission on which she served to define the parameters of what is age-appropriate when it comes to the books that school-aged children have access to in their schools. Other members on the committee disagreed, saying that that wasn't the commission's responsibility to create rules or regulations. Cardoza Moore is one of three non-educators on the commission, which was expanded this year to 13 members. Because of a new law, the textbook commission is in the process of providing guidance regarding the age-appropriateness to school districts by the beginning of September, or December, rather. The law also gives the commission the authority to remove books from all schools throughout the state as part of an appeals process over challenged materials. Parents must first go through their local school boards, which is like begging money from a statue or trying to get blood from a stone. 
must first go through their, their local school boards if they wish for the, the books or other materials to be reviewed for appropriateness. Last month in Sumner County, community stakeholders and parents passionately debated for nearly four uh, hours over a picture book that was challenged for espousing divisive concepts. A review committee in Wilson County has considered several books that parents have challenged for sexually inappropriate and pornographic materials. So far, all books brought forward have been retained by the school district. With a few placed on a mature reading list which requires parental consent in order for a child to check the book out of the school library, I think we're just polishing a turd here, people. And in Williamson County, a parents' right group is suing the school district and others over an English language arts curriculum, and they say it's filled with dark and inappropriate content for elementary age students. That's the Tennessee public school system, baby. Majoring on the minors. Majors are bad. The majors are bad. We don't spend any time on those. The minors are bad. Don't need to spend any time on those, but we spend a lot on them, and we continue to uphold them. All right, guys, that's the news. I went through it pretty darn quick. I got to go pick up Ruby Doobie at preschool. And uh, so I got to hot foot it over there. I can't be the bad parent that's left their child past the, the time. We normally don't have her in there that much, and we don't have her in there that late, but we had a scheduling kerfuffle today. Lots to do. So what's going on this weekend? Well, a few things. Let me make a few announcements for those of you who listen to the end. Number one, if you are thinking about running for office, you're thinking about running for office in the state of Tennessee, I'm going to be having Either in the, the late spring, uh, early summer this year, I'm going to be having a Candidates Academy. We're going to call it the Conservative Candidates Academy. I'm going to put that thing together. We're going to bring in vendors because we had so many conservative candidates in the Republican primary that with a little bit of guidance would have won. And I did give some advice to some people that did not take it because free advice is never taken. Uh, if you don't pay, you don't pay attention. And I'm going to bring in some great vendors, some experts, um, we're going to help people develop a plan because you can't run for office the day before, the month before, six months before. It's something you need to start early. So if you have an interest in that, <clears throat> if you think you may run for office, any office, in 2024, if you will email me, brandon at tennesseeconservativenews.com, I will put your name in a database not to be divulged. Right now in the state of Tennessee, we only have a handful of consultants, and almost all of them have have a problem as it relates to conservative candidates. Number one, they don't work for conservatives. They work for left-leaning rhinos uh, because that's where all the corporate money comes in. And, and you know, if you want to make a lot of money as a, as a consultant in Tennessee, you have to, to, to cozy up to the Chamber of Commerce and the NFIB types who, who would rather see illegal immigration run wild, don't really care about school choice, don't really care about Second Amendment rights, don't really care about uh, your medical freedom, really love corporate welfare. I mean, that's if you want to make money as a consultant in Tennessee, that's where you got to spend your money and spend your time with those types of candidates. Okay, You abandon your principles uh, so that you can enrich yourself. Uh, that's just kind of how it goes. I'm not going to do that. And most people that run for these state and local offices honestly don't have big enough budgets to avoid the best, to not avoid, rather, to employ the best talent. So we're going to try to set up some kind of mechanism by which you can get good advice and counsel, but you can do it within a budget that works so we can push more conservative legislators into, uh, into office. Okay? That's what I'm going to do. I used to do it for a living. Uh, I can't do it the way I used to do it, but I can do it a different way, similar to what I do with painting contractors and small business owners who I coach all across the country and in the English-speaking world. So, 
Brandon at TennesseeConservativeNews.com for those of you who listen because, I mean, if you care about state politics and you're conservative and you're not on my list, I would I would have to uh, question that because we cover the legislator, uh, legislature rather, in my opinion, uh, more in-depth than any other publication and especially uh, more from a conservative view. And so if you want to get into that legislative body, over the next 10 years, I'd like to put 5 to 20 really good conservatives in there so that hopefully – at some point in the future, we can turn around and look and not see a sea of rhinos and a see a bunch of people who care more about their committee leadership and uh, positions and care more about uh, going along and getting along than representing their constituents and solving some of these longstanding problems that we have in Tennessee. That is an announcement. It's buried here at the end, only for the ones who really care. So if you know of somebody that's going to run, forward this podcast to them, uh, email them, etc., so they can get on the list early. What are we doing this weekend? Well, let me tell you what we did last weekend because we didn't have a big seven. We had a great Thanksgiving. Uh, we all hung out together. Uh, had a fantastic time with my wife's family. Uh, I've seen some friends. We've done some fun things in the interim uh, with the kids while they were on their break. Uh, we also just kind of sat around the house a lot, which I enjoy personally. So what's on, on tap this weekend? This weekend, Brandon Lewis is going to go with about three or four of his lifelong buddies, fraternity buddies, uh, as I do every weekend, the first weekend in December, to go hang out in a lake house in and around Clayton, uh, Georgia. And I'm going to spend some time with the wife uh, on Friday. We're going to go up a little early. Uh, we have babysitters, which is like rare, 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 rare that my wife and I can get away because our families do not live uh, very close to do the babysitting. Uh, and so we, get, we rarely get anybody to uh, watch the children so we can go out and enjoy ourselves. And so we're going to get to do that, and we're going to go hang out child-free this weekend and uh, engage in some adult conversation. I don't know that it will be very adultish. It will probably be very immature because my friends are kind of like me. Uh, but there will be adults having immature conversations, uh, and there will be probably ladies having very mature conversations and men having uh, you know, the standard five conversations we've had for the last 20 years repeated over and over again, which we still find just as funny as the first time we told the joke. Whether our wives laugh or, or not is, is yet to be seen. Probably not, but maybe. But maybe. So that's what I'm doing this weekend. So I've got a lot of work to do. I'm trying to cram into a short period of time. This is my busy time of year. Uh, I have my, my huge uh, conference that I do for painting contractors that will be here in Tennessee. And uh, that takes up the majority of my time getting prepared and ready for that. That is the last weekend in January because I don't make any money out of this, guys, like I told you, uh, repetitively. So do go to TennesseeConservativeNews.com slash support and help us. If you have not yet subscribed to our newsletter, please do that. Um, and do try to spread the word on social media because we are turned down. We are turned down. I've watched our engagement uh, on our number one flagship platform where most of the old folks and the conservatives are in Tennessee, which is fascist book, has been turned down remarkably. And so um, we're just going to have to count on you to forward that stuff, spread it, uh, turn it through emails, text messages, etc. to your conservative friends. We need you to be our echo chamber because free speech online is being censored in the volunteer state and hopefully we can do something about that in the upcoming legislative session. Guys, I love you uh, very much. Hope that you had a great Thanksgiving. Uh, it is the season uh, where we celebrate Christ's birth, and so we're moving into the Christmas season. Merry Christmas to you. You will hear that from me frequently and often. Uh, I, I believe we need to celebrate this season for what it is and not let our culture uh, change it and not let them distract from it. All right, guys. Brandon Lewis with the Ten Con. Big 7. Until next week. Talk to you later.